This week's episode of the Rewind It Back Movie Podcast. I'm Bill, and my co-hosts tonight are Jim and Joe. Tim apparently will be hopping on shortly, and hopefully Dan gets on because this was his pick tonight. Fellas, how you doing? Good. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. Doing well. Tonight is was Dan's pick. Um, he went with a 1983 movie called War Games. It stars uh, Matthew Broderick, Dabney Coleman. John Wood and Ali Sheedy. As most of the movies that Dan's picks, I have not seen this one. I think I heard of it. And when I say heard, I mean I just probably saw it while randomly going through IMDb at one point, looking at either Matthew Broderick's profile or just movies from the 80s. What I'll do is for the first time, I think I've ever, I don't think I've done this, but this might be the first time that I've played the just the movie trailer for everyone to see instead of going into a big spiel like I always do. David Lightman was a master at computer games. A fast thinker. Ah, oh, David! Maybe you could tell us who first suggested the idea of reproduction without sex. Your wife? Get out, baby. And a promising student Hi. at an old game. Hi. With an electronic twist. Are those your grades? Yeah. I don't think that I deserved it, F. Do you? go to jail for that only if you're over 18 this computer company is coming out with these amazing new games in a couple of months and i want to play those games wow what? we got something he found the right code word to play the game we're in but it was the wrong computer shall we play a game i could ask you that how about global thermal nuclear war time all right what the hell? They're trajectory headings for multiple impact re-entry vehicles. What does that mean? I don't know, but it's great. All stations, this is Crystal Palace. I wonder if I should use my subs. 22 Typhoon-class submarines departing Petropavlov. What in the hell's happening here? Oh, my God. Shall we play? I have seven. Correction, eight. That's eight Lindbergs. Get on the sack. Tell them to flush the bombers. Russians are still denying everything, sir. Who are you working with? Nobody. I do not believe you. Over day, we have Soviet missile warning. Based on the arrest pending indictment for espionage. Espionage. Confidence is high. I repeat, confidence is high. Cobra Dane, is this an exercise? Negative, this is not an exercise. Give me the president on the horn. It's still playing the game. It's going to start a war. Close up the mouth. This game, or is it real? War Games, playing soon at a theater near you. Shall we play? Okay, so just by that, everyone should probably have the gist of the movie here. So for me, first time seeing it, I thought it was compelling, start to finish. It's a little under two hours long, but it doesn't feel that way. Because to me, I felt like it was always moving. Well, I'm not well. really. I'm not really... Hey, Tim, what's up? Welcome. 
So I'm not a uh, particularly a uh, Matthew Broderick fan. I mean, I've seen his Ferris Bueller Day Off and Cable Guy, Godzilla, but he, I think he just didn't really do anything for me as far as an actor of what I wanted to see in movies. What about you guys? Was this your first time, long time? Long time. Um, I had never heard of this movie at all. And and like you, Bill, I'm not much of a Matthew Broderick fan. I, you know, I like the producers, which is but he's that was a you know the famous Mel Brooks movie he's been in, and you know. For what it's worth, the Godzilla movie wasn't the worst movie ever made. wasn't great, but it's not it's not all good. But he doesn't do it for me in general. And this movie is a little bit too outlandish, even for my tastes. Yeah. So the movie is based in the year nineteen. Uh, the movie, excuse me, the movie came out in nineteen eighty three. It's American Cold War science fiction film. Follows David Lightman, who's Matthew Broderick's character. He's a young hacker who unwittingly accesses the United States military supercomputer program to simulate, predict, and execute nuclear war against the Soviet Union. The scene, like the movie immediately opens up with a scene with two guys basically holding both keys. They have to turn at the same time in order to release the the warhead. So what what got me was uh, when the one guy, which by the way, Michael Madsen, a very, very young Michael Madsen played one of those guys in the beginning turning the key. The one guy he bails out, he, was, he wasn't he was up to doing, you know, sending a, a missile. I think this was like a, a testing program, Joe, or either of you guys yep. was. I love the hacker, uh, the hacker premise of the 80s pre-internet type movie. It's I, just... I don't know, man. I, I know somebody who we all know who, I bet if you went to their parents' house, they probably had the same way to dial in the internet where he like, put the phone on the thing. Uh, there, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you after. It's, yeah, I know oh. somebody had dial-up internet like 2019. Yeah, well, there was a there was a guy wanted by the FBI, and it's, it's I wonder if this movie was based off of it. But there was a guy in the eight. I think it happened after this movie, but this guy was like hacking into the Pentagon, and the way he was getting in was with like the dial-up modems that they they used, and he would go to the phone. He would like dress up as like somebody who worked at the phone company, and go in. It was it's an intriguing story. I, I can't remember the name of the guy, but. Like, it was one of those type of stories, like, catch me if you can, like, with this guy, like, where, like, the FBI finally called up to him and it was basically like, okay, do you want a job? <laughs> You're so good at this. Yeah. You want a job, yeah. you know? We won't send you to jail, but you can show us how you do this so we can stop it in the future. Yeah. And part of that is because modern security systems are based around our current standards of internet. So one gig, 10 gig, and so forth. 56K dial-up is so outlandish and so outdated <laughs> that no modern security platform even considers it. It's like a radio. You can, you know, I, I've heard of stories where people have used basic old school crystal radios from the 60s to like hack into phone lines because the, the security measures of modern electronics don't account for old school technology. So this, so in that respect, there is a little bit of plausibility to this. But otherwise, this movie is a little too outlandish for me. So we had to be talking about those two guys in the beginning, and they were just going through a test run. Basically, what they found is that they can't trust humans in a certain chain of command because a good percentage of them will fail, and they need to turn things over now to a computer to handle these situations. So the control is given to a uh, NORAD, I think was it a NORAD computer known as Whopper, which stood for War Operation Plan Response, program to continuously run war simulations and learn over time. David Lightman, he, as we mentioned in the beginning, he is a he's a hacker, very smart, but he's an unmotivated high school student. He uses 
Joe, correct me if I'm wrong, an IMSAI 8080 computer to access the school's district computer, as we heard in the preview where he, he's able to change his grades and somehow, somehow he stumbles upon getting access to a list of games that he wants to play, but it's also accessed almost like a backdoor into the military computers. Those those discs that he was using, they were like the size of like vinyl records, like those floppy discs. Those are the old floppy discs. Those are the old school five and a quarter floppies. Five and a quarter look like eight inch floppies. They were they were they were the the old school floppy discs, and and so for our listeners who may not be experienced in some old, they were actually floppy. (laughs) Yes, they were. (laughs) The the, the next floppy disc for hard, they weren't even floppy. I never got three a three and a quarter inch floppy disc. most of us know as the uh, save icon in Microsoft Office products was a hard, rigid plastic floppy. But back in the day, they were sort of these uh, very thin magnetic tapes inside of a five and a quarter inch square square housing. And they used to live and die paper. by those things in high school, man. That's where all your papers were on. Like at least. For, oh, yeah. Like, but back in the 80s, man, those things stored kilobyte size files. So just imagine a modern MP3 file is like, you know, five or six megabytes it would take hundreds of floppy disks to store one modern song. How far we've come, but the technology there is. So what he was, so what Matthew Broderick was doing in, the, in this part, so Bill mentioned that he accessed essentially a list of games. What he was trying to do was find uh, the new games from a, from a video game company. I forget the name of the company. But what he did was, was to basically backdoor into their, into their servers at their company. He, he brute force dialed every phone number in the, in the town that the company was located in to find their number and then got his way into the, somehow to the government. <laughs> Unbelievable. So this, it was basically a simulation game that he was playing or what he thought was playing where he was pretending to be in the game, quote, the game, the Soviet Union. And he would, he punched in a bunch of different cities in the United States to, to target. One was Seattle. One was Vegas. That's actually in real time. He actually has, he accessed the military's computers. He's going to make these these weapons live and then on the opposite side the the, the military they were able to uh, diffuse the situation with uh, with whopper and then they had that level of a, of, of defcon towards like what uh, at what point on the defcon meter or level do you retaliate and start world war three essentially think how too familiar watch the <laughs> news see. every morning yeah turn on the news right now you'll see it it's getting a little close to home um, so David then learns the true nature of his actions from a news broadcast and the FBI special agents arrest him and take him to NORAD. He re- realizes that the Whopper is behind the NORAD alerts, but fails to convince McKetrick, who believes that this guy thinks that he's working for the Soviet Union when really he's trying to explain to him. He's like, no, I just I hacked your computer. So they bicker back and forth and um, they find Falcon. What was the significance of him? He was the, he's the guy who designed the program, right? Whopper. Yeah. He did, he developed the the software that underlies the computer. They explain to him what's going on, and they convince Falcon that he should return to NORAD to stop the Whopper computer. It stages like a, a it's in the process of stating a massive strike of hundreds of missiles, submarines, and bombers. And three of them, David, Falcon, and Jennifer, they tell the military officials to cancel the the planned second strike that they were going to counterattack with. I guess Falcon basically steps in and just convinces them otherwise. Oh, hold on. We got another comrade coming. Oh, wait, wait, wait. We got, we got a visitor. Corporal Morris. There he is. Welcome. You made it. Sorry, I do a full reboot. <laughs> Sorry, that shit happens, man. Should we call so, Matthew Broderick? He would have been over there in like two seconds. Exactly. <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> over his dial-up internet. 
Anyway, we're at the point, Dan, where uh, they're, they're in the military base. It's the three of them, David Falcon and uh, what the hell's her name? Ali Sheedy. Ali Sheedy's character, yeah. So they're in, and uh, they're all talking to the, the military about, like, the nuclear strikes are fake, and it's just a simulation. So here's a question for you all. If you had the codes to missiles or a nuclear warhead, what city, whether in the United States or somewhere else in the world, would you make it? South Texas. <laughs> Did I say that too quick? Oh, another country. Oh, I must. I, no, I said, I said, I said, whatever, whether it's a U.S. city or somewhere else in the world. <clears throat> Moscow first. Yeah, all the targets are already programmed. Yeah. Take out yeah. Russia. Ten missiles per city. <laughs> Land, air, and sea. Just like, that's a wee bit aggressive. <laughs> Efficiency through waste. Redundancy. That's where yeah, we got them. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm with you, Tim. Uh, it's probably be anywhere in Texas for me. Actually, no. Wait, where is Cowboy Stadium? Is it Irving, Texas, or where, what is that called? I believe it's, it's Irving. in Irving, and they have a practice facility in Arlington. Jerry's World? Jerry yeah, Jerry's World. World. Yeah. yeah. He's looking more like Jerry's kids nowadays. Yeah, yeah that dude was creepy 30 years ago. He's still creepy. He's we're still waiting for some glory hole. Oh, okay. <laughs> have you seen that video? <laughs> keep, keep it clean, boys. Keep it clean. <laughs> No, it's it's um it's, it's just yeah it's just the, the parallels of this movie were just it's just too close. So I mean, 80, I was born in '83. Obviously, this movie is probably filmed in '81 or '82, but just like the parallels to it are just it's just sickening. <laughs> really, we still haven't got over this. What today? So, so. Today? Yeah, I mean, like yeah, planning World War Three. I mean, it's enraging. It's enraging. We're right back to where we were. It's worse, frankly. I think it's worse. What do you always say? History. That's right. Repeats itself. The other leaders weren't as dangerous as Putin. Plus, you got all the other unknowns now, other countries that didn't have nuclear capabilities before. And do you think that dude, I mean, listen, it's a big country, Morris. Do you think Putin, like for decades, has been building a bunker to like he could go there and like this, this shit hits the fan? Like he, him and his comrades are going to be okay? I, mean, I don't know about okay, but I mean, they'll try. Like something like a hundred, you know, miles underground or something like that. I mean, they know they know where he is at all times. So they get, yeah. you know, they want anything so, close. He's done. So Dan, this was uh, this was your pick. As always, I I was just saying in the beginning how like this was this movie was under two hours, but it didn't feel like two hours because it was just it. I felt like it was always moving the entire time. Like I really didn't get any slow. lull periods. Like it, it was it was moving. So I mean, was this is this like one of your top ten movies or what kind of drew you to this one? it's another one i can watch whenever it's on you know pick it up wherever it's at great movie you know it's funny but it's also like you said it really makes you think about you know that really was what was happening then just as now which is crazy you know and it does kind of i guess tie in the technology which is really taken off at the time you know replacing the men in the silos which you know it's kind of the whole premise of the movie right they show the we probably talked about it already, but not everybody wanted a nuke. Couldn't turn the key, right? Yeah, so, 20 million people. He wants some confirmation, right? So yep, exactly. And both had to do it at the same time. That was the other thing, you know, so no, no one person can launch, but you need both to launch. So it kind of works both ways. Right. So we, I had mentioned that we, it was, they basically can't trust man anymore. So they just carry it out. So, you know, they, they're going to like a certain percentage, I'll say, I'll say 25% of the time, but they've stated that but they're going to fail to do it. So they need to turn like the, the, the keys over essentially to the computer system. Yeah, I mean, it's basically the folly of human emotion, right? I mean, like we, we are rational beings and we are aware of the consequences of our actions, right? 
just imagine being Michael Madsen's character and being responsible for the unintended death of millions of people because you couldn't confirm an order from the from your superior. Like just imagine the burden that puts on you. It, it's nuts. But so the fact that this computer even existed, this whopper, to try to take the keys out of the, you know, to take, you know, man's foot off the gas pedal and to automate the process is a little bit disturbing. Did we talk about how awesome Dabney Collins' character is in this movie? We have not. We have Super not yet, asshole. Let's, let's. Nine out of ten characters he plays are an asshole. <laughs> but he's a great actor. What other, what other movies in, has In has like he almost been? every other 80s movie. What other movies has he been in? Oh my God. He was in what, Tootsie, Nine to Five. Um, was that Short Time that he was in? I mean, he's been in Dragnet. He's in the Dragnet. <laughs> <laughs> is he supposed to be uh oh he's he, he's in yellowstone is he i don't yeah, know it's, it, no it says that he's an actor in, in yellowstone really? yeah because he i think he hit 90 he's up there what character oh you know who he is he's the old isn't he one of the old ranch hands in the four sixes uh for anybody who watches uh yellowstone you go to the four sixes it's a ranch it's a real ranch in texas i think he's one of the old dudes no john dunn senior oh he's in his 90s got it he's born probably in a flashback episode <laughs> He's 90 years old, 1932. I love that whole he's scene. He's a Commodore in uh, Boardwalk Empire, which is uh, a pretty creepy character for anyone who's seen that show. Good yeah, show. It's been a long time. It's a good show, but the Commodore was uh, he's a creep, right, Joe? 100%. Yeah. <laughs> but I, that's, a, that's a good scene between him and Broderick, where he's he's like, oh, I'm telling you, I'm innocent. I'm just a kid. And he just goes, I don't believe you. Yeah. He, just think he's like, <laughs> he's, he thinks he's working for the Soviet Union. Yeah, we're not pressing any charges. Yeah, <laughs> I was telling Bill b- before the the show tonight, like th- I, this is just nothing but, you know, subtle dick. The, the subtlety of the Cold War here is just it's it sets the whole stage, right? Like, you know, you got some punk kid who doesn't give a shit, and you've got the Cold War boiling in the background. Like at any moment, you got some chubby general who's going to push the button. And basically end humanity. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. Well, he was somewhat rational. I mean, he actually, you know, didn't trust the computer, the general, as much of a blowhard as they this, made him. This is true, but he, <laughs> but he also had no respect for the the culture of war. He wanted us to fry the Russians the whole time. Well, but he still, you know, he wouldn't. He could have launched, and he didn't. He called the bases, right, the first yeah. bases that would have been hit, you know, to make sure it was fake. So the general, he gets a bad rap. Another great character. He's in. He's in every '80s movie too. That guy. I don't even know his name, but that's the best part. <laughs> yeah, character actor, right? You're not supposed to. Yeah, remember. There's a lot of them in this movie. Like a lot of people who you're like, yeah, what's that dude's name? But like, I I see him yeah. in every movie, but I don't know his his, I mean, his or her name. The only other actor I recognized in this movie besides Matthew Broderick was uh, John Wood, who played Doctor Falcon. That's it. I didn't recognize anybody else by you know, as you know, by name, by character. I've, yeah, I've seen, you've you know, seen them all. You know, Thirty or forty all. other other shows, TV shows, and stuff. But Allie I Sheedy. recognize John Wood, who played Doctor Falcon, and I recognize Matthew Broderick, obviously. Ali Sheedy's pretty big. Breakfast Club. Yeah, yeah. That, that movie stinks. <laughs> do it with the it doesn't stink, but it's overblown. It's overrated for sure. Not my jam. The hotel manager from Ghostbusters. Yes, he, he was, was the general's yes, aide. He was never used to win. Dude, I knew it. Of the moon. Jesus Christ. Oh, Think character actors. That's how it goes. Yep. Damn. In the one scene, the general's just looking around. He says, where are you? 
and he, and he wants to he wants to know where that guy is because he's always by his side. <laughs> he just says, "Where are you?" Never says his name. <laughs> it's like his little ward. Didn't have to. Yeah, great character. That's so good. I didn't like. I knew I recognized him. I'm like, well, I've seen that guy in another movie, and it's the fucking the. Uh, he was the supposed com- to be Pack originally. He was supposed to be Pack, but because he didn't get that character, they gave him the hotel manager. Damn, he would have been good as Peck. Yeah, too, he right? would have been good as that too. But you couldn't top that. No, 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 no. <laughs> I know he looked familiar. Yep. Five thousand dollars. I have no idea it was going to be that much. I won't pay it. Oh, that's okay. We'll put it right back in there. So the other guy, the guy who plays Falcon, Joe, you or well, both you and uh, and Dan, you you recognize that guy? I didn't. I don't think I've ever seen him. I recognize him from. I think I saw a couple of recorded plays. He's a British actor. I, yeah. I've, I believe he he did quite a bit with Shakespeare. I got to try to remember. I, think but I he know is more. Yeah. I, think I recognized him immediately when I saw him. It's been, a, but, but again, I haven't seen a lot of '80s movies in some time. But I mean, it's just it's I'm trying to remember. What, where I saw him from, but I do know he did a lot of. If I remember, he did the he, he was on Broadway in Richard the Third's where I most remember him from. But he also did the original Sherlock Holmes TV series back in the seventies. He was Sherlock Holmes. So before Cumberbatch did his thing on the BBC, there was John Wood as as uh, Sherlock Holmes. I think I like David uh, Lighton better than Ferris Bueller. Actually, I think David Lighton is a better Ferris Bueller. I think he fits. I think. He fits our aesthetic better, right? Didn't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love the attitude, though. Didn't care for his parents. Didn't care to be in school. That joke about the biology teacher at asex reproduction is hysterical. Well, they well, said, like, the, the laughing was really loud. They said half of that was the crew laughing because it is, like, totally, like, too much laughing. I but. mean, those, those, <laughs> those you know, those uh, sophomore high school jokes in the beginning are great. Yeah. It was very typical 80s parents just, like, they're aloof. Yeah. Like your kid was just, you know, arrested by the FBI. Where do you like call a lawyer and like get them right there right away? Like shut up. Well, there was no and helicopter like, parents back then. Right? No, no, they were all latchkey no. kids. Yeah, yeah, just just, just go do whatever. You start a nuclear war, whatever. Yeah. Go I ahead. Think the, I think the modern version of that is called free range parenting. That's right. They, they were more concerned about him. Like, no, right, Bill. Loose, but, your but, kids just caused the nuclear war. Uh, as long as he's home before yeah. the street lights come on. <laughs> Your, yeah, your kid, sure your kid just broke out of NORAD in Cheyenne Mountains in Wyoming with a tape recorder and a piece of wire. Uh, you might want to clean g- your room. Is <laughs> <laughs> your so friend I, coming over for dinner? So I, I was telling Bill and maybe Jim earlier before the before the show started that this whole movie is just it's off the wall. Like like. I can understand the basic premise of it, but there are elements here where he like breaks out of a federal facility. I mean, yeah. this is not like this is not like your county jail. This is goddamn NORAD. Adults are aloof. Typically, he's true. You know? Somehow he hides in an air vent under the stairs. Gets out on a tour bus. It's like are you for real. Yeah, but they didn't even have a break. They just threw him in like a medical. Yeah. So it looked like a fucking suite in a hotel room. Is, yeah, that he, he, is that when he hot wires the door? And like, yeah, so he ha- so for our <laughs> listeners who have not seen the movie, he happens to find like a a doctor's office voice recorder and a headphone wire inside of a of a lock of a semi locked drawer in a in this in the infirmary of NORAD, and he uses it to record the door punch of the push button door lock, plays it back, and somehow it opens the door. <laughs> And then he can lock the door and he escaped out of the air, the air vent, like in the ceiling or whatever, on the floor or whatever. 
No is there anything? Is there anything equivalent like tech, technology wise? Like we're going to be looking at like a movie that came out recently that we're going to be looking at forty years from now, laughing, being like, "What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck was that?" Like, uh, I know, I'm trying to think. I don't know. I mean, most most modern movies, like taking any of the uh, Marvel franchises, right? For example, if they you know their door locks are like optical scanners and stuff like that, that stuff seems that's pretty reasonable technology, right? But and there's no and you know but I remember and I think in the original Avengers when Loki steals that guy's eye and then holds it in front of the door and you know the drawers open up or whatever the hell it was, yeah, yeah that's probably the a, a, a approximate equivalent to this sort of the outlandishness of that. Yeah, but that's fantasy. I'm talking about yeah. like hacker type. This could sure. happen. Somebody could hack into the Pentagon. I mean, honestly, I don't know if we're going to get another hacker type movie like this one or like The Matrix or anything other like that. What was Anytime the whole Angelina Jolie? There were there were hackers. What was that one? Oh, the, the hackers. Net. Hackers. The net. Yeah, the net was pretty. You know, uh, there was a bunch in the nineties. Yeah, the net. Uh, uh, Swordfish. Enemy of, Enemy of the state. All yeah, that was a good one. Swordfish was pretty good with John Travolta and Holly Berry. That was same yeah, idea. But like it, this movie, it's a, watching him escape a federal facility and hide in the air vent, get on a tour bus, hotwire a payphone by grounding its microphone to the can, and call directory and find this guy's island is hysterical. <laughs> and, and the sexual harassment, that guy like sexually harassing the woman, it's just like, <laughs> the HR and me was just like, dude, it's like, you're, you're done. You know what I mean? Like, you don't oh, touch oh, women. Yeah, she, she's not in the 80s. Just go away. In the 80s, anything went, but like, now if I saw that at work, I'd be like, yeah, dude, get in your car, get out of here. Oh, you've seen nine, nine, seen nine to five? <laughs> Have you seen nine to five? I've seen that one. Oh yeah, I've God. seen Talk that. Talk about an HR. I know. I know. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I think they showed that in, H- in like HR school. Like, hey. <laughs> I think what made me sort of laugh the most in this movie, though, was sort of the gigantic computer, right? It had all these like blinking lights and made all these weird random noises. And like, no computer is like that at all. But they, it was just, I thought it was hilarious. It had a blinking yellow and red lights, this random timer. Well, it's like the voice. They had to do it for the yeah. aesthetics. For, you know, yeah. and, but it worked. You know? Yeah. And now, really, to be, now, to be truthful, computers do have the ability to emit tones that give operational information, like, is it running or not? But the fact that it had this digitized voice of somebody is it's just hilarious. It was a horrible digitized voice <laughs> well what were you expecting jim in 1983 come on i don't know it was sounded like that uh that thing, the thing the kids toy from the 90s mr spell yeah it was it uh, definitely it had was, like a it sounded like a like a what are those people who smoke too for their whole lives and they get like the hole in the neck thank you answer because you have to trade store and you'll smoke to that i gotta they talk about voice remoting isn't that, isn't that ned from uh, south park yeah <laughs> <laughs> i've seen those commercials on tv now i gotta get out of here they still have those i mean do people still use that I saw a commercial for I'm, it the other day. I'm fairly certain they probably do, Tim. Yeah, it's, I just haven't. I just haven't seen it depicted on TV or like seen somebody with it in person in a long, long time. Well, it's going to be something different because everybody vapes now. So, yeah. <laughs> so the the whole <laughs> they're talking about hacking into the to a computer, a computer, any computer, about how like there's 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 passwords, but then there's the the quote the back door. 
so is that like okay so to put it in today's terms if you can't get into your iphone and it scans your face it has it has you enter a password is that like is that like getting through the back door or another another way of another code of getting in or is that just like hey you failed this but try this one instead is it the it's a little it's a little bit of both you are it's a little bit of both i mean their their back door though was a little bit a little bit more of your traditional sort of hidden entry right so you were expected to be able to log in like a normal person and operate the the game pick your game and do your thing with a credentialed access the creator reserved a small password file for himself so he could be able to go in on his own it's almost like the equivalent of an admin account now if you think about a modern windows computer there's the administrator account from like your it guy at work and then there's a user account that everybody that you have access or other coworkers that have access to on a normal system if you were to break into the admin account that's a that's a rough equivalent to what happened here as the back door into the because the admin account gives you more or less unfettered access to all features which is what the joshua account did for the whopper it let matthew broderick or dan lightman have at it basically pick any game he wanted do what he wanted to do and possibly cause thermonuclear war over the planet and extinguish humanity. Was this, was this movie based on a, on a book or something or are they just going, I with actually the time? Don't know. are they just creating a story that's going along with the times? What do you think, Dan? Do you know? I don't think it's a book. I don't, I don't think. I'm just curious. It's just like a typical like cold war paranoia movie. Like, you know, almost like a, like a precursor to red dawn. Yeah. And I believe it was Matthew Roderick's first film. He was like, he looked, he was 12, but I can see this being definite sort of cold war paranoia and a lot of movies around this time. I think someone mentioned red Dawn, you know, I will put up there, you know, Rocky four was also cold war paranoia. Yeah, absolutely. And beyond the fact that Stallone ended the cold war single-handedly, but a lot of movies at this time were, were (laughs) I'll say extolling the virtues of the American spirit. David Hasselhoff put down the Berlin Wall. Man, don't, and don't I, hassle I the Hoffman. I've been saying this on this podcast today. Red Dawn is one of the scariest movies of all time. That first scene when the parachutes are coming in at school, like, that's game over for me. I have to turn it off. Yeah, it's, I, it's, turned, it's, I, told, I told you that day. I turned it off the first time I watched it. I was like, this is too scary. Like, that shit could happen. What about the new one? I didn't see it yet. Is it good? I never saw it. I heard it's, it's not, it's not bad. It's not the original. Yeah, there's the Wolverines, but it's not quite the same. Not the same. North, yeah, it's not the same. Is it, was it North Koreans in that one? It was North Koreans in that one. Well, they chickened out. They didn't do China. It was supposed to be Chinese, but they chickened out. Well, you blame him. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> Might go back to the Russians again. But this movie is definitely Cold War propaganda. It, it's 100%. And it's, there's no question about it, I think. But remember how conservative the country was in 19, you know, when they made this movie, 81, 82. How, I mean, this country was red, like California. I mean, Morris, which one was bigger? Landslide, 80 or 84? It was the 84 election with the big, big landslide, right? The big, big. Like, Reagan just dominated that one, right? Dukakis? Was Dukakis 88 or 84? Dukakis was 88. Who was 84? 84 was... Party probably came closer. Probably Mondale, like, right? Wasn't it Mondale in 84? He just yeah. got annihilated. I think you yeah. might be right. He won. He won Minnesota and he won. McGovern. McGovern wasn't McGovern eighty four. 
I don't know. I just never got to use my Dukakis rap. Yeah, no, yeah, Dukakis. <laughs> yeah. She asked me what the 80s was like, so I whipped out my Dukakis. <laughs> oh, Jesus, tap dancing Christ. <laughs> I, should, I should have saw that coming. It was, um, yeah, that was a landslide. So, <laughs> Mondale only won Minnesota. I'm gonna, Jim, DC. I'm going to choke tonight because of you. You know that? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I haven't been saying much. I'm PG tonight, Joe. PG. Fair enough. Got to keep it clean once in a while. There's nothing wrong with Tukakis. Was it McGovern, Tim? Sorry. No, it was Mondale. It was Mondale. So he, Mondale was the vice president with Carter, right, Dan? Uh, and, yeah, I believe, yeah. And then he ran. And um, yeah, Dukakis was the next one who did better. Because, I mean, Reagan just – I don't understand what people saw in Reagan. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm sure he was a nice guy, but – He was an actor. He knew he, he was an actor. Yeah, yeah, I mean yeah. – so I got a question. When the uh, when the computer was going through all those phone numbers, what was it trying to do? Connect to a I'm not gonna say the internet because it wasn't around. No, back, probably the Pentagon's uh, yeah. phone line. Uh, n- not technically the Pentagon. He was trying to find that video game studio to to brute force away into, into their computer, not the Pentagon. So he, he was trying to find. He was trying. He he assumed that any computer hooked up is to the phone lines, and he was brute forcing the numbers to try to find out this video game studio's computer acts to get to their access point he saw the i think he saw the advertisement for this new computer game from this particular studio in california and wanted to play it early by hacking their computer because you know he's a a putz and a a (laughs) punk and a punk so he started brute forcing all the phone numbers in sunnydale california and then found it but he didn't find that he but he didn't find the studio so he found the government instead through some sort of unsecured channel which is hilarious to me that scene happened so fast for me, I really didn't catch on because I'm just not a techie guy. So I, you know, and it was weird too. Like it's weird seeing how like the, the computer, like back in the early '80s, and everyone had to like talk out loud how they're what they're typing out. You didn't no, have to Dan. really do that. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> but no, this was a good pick, Dan. I, I mentioned in the beginning. I never never saw it, but it was oh, you never saw it. Wow. No, I, I never no. saw it either, Dan. Yeah. I had never even heard. I'll be honest. I never heard of this movie until. I think Bill mentioned it a couple weeks ago. Wow. What channels is this on? Because I've never seen this on TV. Uh, it was on AMC. That's how I watched it. I had to fast forward through commercials. Yeah, they played yeah, it, it back in the day. You should be on the loop. Not not a ton, but it, it was on. Really? Yeah, and, wow. And like I said, yeah, it was, it's, it's it's quick moving too. Like at one point, I, I paused it. And I'm like, I'm like, damn, I'm like an hour and fifteen minutes into this already. Like it was. Well, it's like different parts. You know, it moves from. Seattle, it goes quick, and they set it up quick. It's it's good. I will say that you know about the speed thing. You know, we've talked about before about a movie's being too long or too short, right? And so, I think this fits right in there to that in that sweet spot. Like it didn't drag on and fantastically slow. It wasn't too short. It got to yeah. what it got to get to. So I thought that it was timed right, and it definitely was very much compartmentalized. Like you had one scene, you had or you had Seattle, you had. Wyoming at NORAD. He had that island that, that Dr. Falcon was like, you know, hiding out on. So you definitely had distinct chunks where it broke the movie up and made it actually move pretty well. So, so good job. I feel like a movie's either got to be an hour and a half, an hour 45, or it's got to be like a three and a half, four hour epic. I can't do anything in the middle. You know what I mean? Like, there's no, if something's like two hours or, or like, like two, you know, if it's, a, if it's a good two hour movie, you know what I mean? But like anything like, like, I don't know. Like you see, like oh my god, it's gonna be two hours. I guess maybe because I'm getting older, I'm just like, all right, I gotta be in bed by ten o'clock. <laughs> Anything over two hours, you have to make like, like you're not drinking bladder busters, you know, 
big goals. Yeah. Like you gotta plan those out if you're seeing them in the theater. Yeah, I agree. Like I don't think any scenes were too long. It wasn't missing anything. You know, I think it was a good flop. You know, well, the only thing missing was his parents after he got arrested. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I have to say, <laughs> the end, you said they didn't even care. They, yeah, they well, didn't care. Well, yeah, well, I get, I get free range parenting idea, but the, I think one thing that kind of left me hanging a little bit was like there almost was no ramifications, right? He was hugged by federal employees at the at NORAD. It's like he would have been literally tossed in the cell, the key, <laughs> the key, the key thrown in some pit. <laughs> under modern standards. Well, Falcon kind of saved him, right? And then he would have been locked up too. <laughs> well, they, he was in witness protection, for, you know, because he was. That's, they, hey, they did that with Nazis for Christ's sakes, right? That they brought back. They gave him a whole life here because they were scientists, right? So I get that the help of the Manhattan Project, help with the rocket development. I I, I get all that, but something just something just didn't ring about the end of this where he's getting all this. What you want him to do, Joe? Waterboard the guy. <laughs> <laughs> I would. Uh, all right, I'm not, I won't be a Matthew gra- Broderick on there. <laughs> we're gonna waterboard. We're gonna cane the shit out of Matthew Broderick. <laughs> waterboard him at the end. Waterboard him. Yeah, just because. And then and then drop him off just in time for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> well, his parents were having a barbecue, so he had to get home in time for that and bring his new girlfriend, I guess. And he had to you know make sure the trash can was covered and the bags yes. were out. <laughs> You have to tighten the lid. You have to tighten the lid. That guy was so my dad, like tighten the lid, like kind of. I like the trick with butter in the corn with the piece of bread. That, that was yeah, that, was, that was slick. Yes. Although the fact that his that his parents didn't even bat an eye when he had an attractive young girl at his house about his age, I mean, That's come on, true. that was come on, batted an eye. We that, all, I know. think, I think all of us can probably say that if we were sitting up on our room, PC gamer, going fucking nuts. And some hot young high school girl walked in asking for us. Our parents, the alarm bells would probably go off. Like, like what the fuck? My dad would. My dad would barge into my room knocking as he's opening the door. <laughs> Just opening the door. Hey, uh, the right house. Yeah. Well, they acknowledged her at least. They're like, hey, your friend's coming to the, to the barbecue, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm just telling you that under... My, par- my parents would have been all over me about having an attractive young high school girl in, my, in our home more or less unprovoked (laughs) (laughs) great pick though anybody else have anything all right so that'll conclude this episode of the rewind it back podcast for war games again dan great pick um next week on the docket is a 1990 movie dick tracy comic strip movie not a comic book movie so we'll be hammering that out next week um thank you for all of our listeners who are listening on our platform and anyone who tuned in tonight via twitch uh, we can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Breaker. We also have an Instagram account where you can find out when new episodes drop. Thank you all for listening, and goodbye. Goodbye.